Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Well, welcome, Julie. We're on another ICF core competency to talk about today with our listeners. Are you excited? I am excited. It's been a really cool reflection time to go through and and review each one of these. So, yeah, we're going to focus on number two embodies a coaching mindset, and the definition of that one is develops and maintains a mindset that is open, curious, flexible, and client centered. Easy so, peasy. Yeah, no, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot in this one. Uh, we watched a video with Colin Brent. He's a PCC certified and we really recommend you. This is where we're taking notes from and cues from. If you haven't, we'll drop the link within the show notes, uh, but it gives a, a kind of a deeper understanding about really what this means. And what were you taking from what Colin had to share in yeah. this episode? You know, this is one where I think we really start to talk about how the client is responsible for a lot of the work. The client is responsible for all of the work. I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, so I think we start talking about that and um, how who you are influences the work that the client's able to do. That's that's what was coming up for me, right? So how am I managing myself um, so that the client can do all of that work through their coaching session? Yeah, I was thinking about this one in terms of like, how do you show up? Mm -hmm. um, how do you drop in? Uh, what do you do to prepare? Uh, besides doing coach training and doing practice sessions and observations, um, what do you do on the regular in your coaching before, after, um, maybe during that it, it, in some ways it has an idea of presence? I know that we talk about this in a later one, but this one hints to a future um, ICF core competency number five, but it, it reminds me of like, how do you set the stage for the, this presence is what I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then I think continuing to dig deeper, right? Cause this one also talks about how are you continuing to learn? So how am I, um, becoming aware of myself, right? How I show up, like you're saying, um, and then how am I continuing to learn and maybe find, um, I don't want to say new skills because I don't think that's it, but like, how am I continuing to broaden my approach and techniques so that I might be a, a more available coach for a wider population of individuals? Yeah. And I, I kind of had my hat head, like, do you put on a coaching hat? Like, do you have a, my coaching scarf on? Like, I, and so I wonder like, how do you set yourself up as you go in to make sure you're the coach that's not being biased, that you're helping the clients, that you're regulating your own self, like your my own emotions. Let's say I had a rough day or I'm tired or I'm exhausted and you have an appointment, like how do you like turn on coach mode is kind of what I think of. Uh, do you have a special light switch, Julie, that you put on when you hop into coach? Yeah, it sparkles and it turns on a disco light. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think, no, it's, you're asking a good question, you know, um, but I think for me, I've, I have found for sure I need time before okay. I don't necessarily need as much time afterwards. Um, you know, I'm an extrovert. I get energy from working with other people and being with other people. So, um, my ability to switch from coaching to other things is pretty seamless, but before I definitely need to, uh, carve out a few minutes. 
take some deep breaths, you know? Yeah. I, I think I actually need buffers between both um, before and after is what I'm learning. And I, it's because I think about like a couple of the notes or questions I might send a client. Um, and I sometimes don't always have time and make the time. So it's really important that I, I think about that in my schedule. Do I put that 15 minutes after a client session to do that right then? How do I capture um, things I'm thinking about? So they might be my own kind of reflective notes. And then before it's really tough. Like I really think um, like I switch physically to a different computer to coach. So that's one thing that sets me up really nice. And I think you've got the same idea, multiple laptops, personal versus work. Um, but like, I also think about what do I have in front of me that is like not distracting? Do I have a water or some other tea or coffee with me? What do I look like? How do I, before you click the zoom meeting start. So I'm thinking about those kind of like little kind of tactical things. Are there anything else you do that you set for your setup or how you prepare? What's coming to mind, it's a little tangential from what you're asking, but I also have learned a lot around time of day in terms of my ability to prepare, right? Mm. So I love a early morning session because I am a morning person and I'm able to kind of roll into that. Um, early on I was doing, uh, because there's time in my schedule, like Friday evening sessions and you know, like, like <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Gross. Like, I mean, even if it's like a great coaching client relationship, I learned that like Friday at four o'clock, Friday at five o'clock, I am not my best self. Like I am not in that space, um, to, 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 to be present with someone in the way that they need to. Right. Yeah. I also am thinking about, like, I love that you're saying time because it's like, what's your circadian rhythm for coaching? Um, <laughs> like, have you tested out in practice? So as a coach, we might offer clients spaces for them to sign up or just say, this is when we do coach. Uh, so it, it's really important to like, think about, did that work for me as well? Um, the other thing I'm thinking about as reflective and how I'm learning is, uh how am I showing up tonally? So like, that's why I do think about, unlike a podcast where you and I chit chat and banter and it's quick, it's paced. I, I am thinking more about my breathing, uh, my tone. Uh, if I'm too reactive, like there's one around like emotional, uh, we ask questions like, how do your emotions show up? Because really in any sort of one-to-one dynamic interactions, you can mirror or reflect or inspire and encourage people to behave a certain way. And you really want to be cognizant. Um, and I know this is a presence thing, but this is what I think about when I think about mindset is how do I drop in right now and not be from like a meeting that was brainstorming chatty, or if it was, um, how do I bring, like, for me, I sometimes have to bring more quiet into my space before I start coaching is what I think about. I The other um, thing, and I know we've talked about this a little bit before on previous shows, but you and I are both high empathy people. And so I still am working on how, how am I managing my emotions and not, I think I'm pretty good at managing my own emotions. It's, it's challenging to manage my emotions in reaction to a client sometimes. Right. So when they're talking about really impactful things or really personal things um, or challenging things that can be difficult in the moment to not um, respond to them in a way that derails the purpose of coaching. Yeah. Are, is there a moment that you're thinking of or what, what made you bring that to mind that you're thinking of? Well, I mean, I, I think just working with clients who are, who are experiencing distress, you mm. know, and I'm not talking about distress in the refer out. We've talked about referring out before. Um, and, and I don't mean that I think distress can come up as you are coaching around lots of topics as yeah. folks 
start to realize what's underneath or like kind of what they need, what, what they need to do to move forward. And, and I think having those moments of, wow, I've felt really alone or, um, you know, I don't think pe- my manager or my team supports me, right. Or I am lost and I don't have a plan for my life right now. And that feels challenging, you know, like those are moments that I think, you know, and coaching gives you the space to sit with someone for sure. Mm-hmm. But how am I making sure that I'm still moving us forward and not kind of like getting stuck in in my em- em- empathetic reaction to them? Yeah, no, I, I there's been clients like a couple of them. I'm almost like I'm trying to like hold back my tears from these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not about getting context because it's not about that. But something I'm thinking about is calling out um, a reaction. And I love that um, Colin brought that up and said essentially is asking for clarity. And I know that we're only in the zoom room of coaching these days. Um, but like, if you notice like a facial expression, a reaction, like hand to heads, uh, look away. Like, I, I think it's also, um, me just not nodding as a coach is saying, yes, tell me more. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of therapy, but it's more around like addressing the, what else is coming up in the room, um, verbally, non-verbally, um, things that stand out. So, I don't want to brush over things if there is like a reaction. So I think it's reminding myself to not assume um, a tear means they're sad. Maybe it was just like a really important moment. So how do you stay curious and kind of open when you get a reaction that's more emotionally driven from a client? Yeah. Yeah. I think really keeping uh, connected to powerful questions is important. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we switch over to context seeking, we move out away from powerful questions. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one piece for me. I like that one and how the adding the powerful question. I also think asking the client's permission, maybe, do they need a break or is there something else? Like, and say, we want to, would you like to talk more? Like what would be interesting for us to talk about it with that powerful question? Because maybe there is in the, in the layer of the emotional onion, we peel back some other things. There's something underneath that, that brought up that reaction or brought up that um, it doesn't have to be emotion, but that, that comment or phrase. And so it's not just passing over is what I think about getting more curious to go beyond is kind of what I'm thinking about. Is there something else you're thinking about in terms of, stopping that or talking about it? Yeah. I think the, the other thing that comes up for me is like, don't be, don't lose your curiosity. Right. So we say, Mm -hmm. don't ask for context and that's true comma. And you're still needing to ask curious questions. Right. And like you're saying, so is there a pause? Is there a way to say like, what comes up for you with that question? You know, if someone is um, talking about a conversation with their manager, I don't, I'm, kind of struggling for an example, but like, you know, asking for context is like, well, how long have you worked with your manager? That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, you know, in that space, being curious around like what would made you feel more comfortable talking to your manager or something like that, you know, like, I mean, I think the idea is less about the thing or the problem, but like, how did they sit with that? Or what did they notice um, Mm -hmm. is really more interesting because people want to tell you about, the thing or the manager, the people, but they don't talk about themselves. So maybe repositioning those curiosity around, how was that for you? 
mm-hmm. <laughs> dear clients and bring and bring the client back to the center of the thing is what I've noticed um, is really, really important. I said, that's great for you to tell me about your team, about your boss, about your family. But what was your reaction? And I just think it's so important. There's another competency we'll talk about, about, um, you know, cultivating trust. And, but I don't think you can build that trust without showing curiosity to your client. Yeah. I'm wondering about letting the intuition go. And so, and this is another piece that came up in, in this core competency is like, so how do you not interpret? How do you let things go? And I will own that this, this was a struggle because I was a researcher for many years. And some of the questions we asked that are powerful questions also got asked in a research context where as normal people, we find patterns and we look for habits and you're like, oh, I'm making some conclusions. I'm synthesizing. I see themes. And I really had to early on and still check myself to this day is not interpret and say to myself, oh, I know what my client's going or what they're doing because that really gets you into like that leading and assumption. And so I have to be very cautious not to treat any of my in- intuition as a fact. So that was one that came up when I was kind of listening to this uh, competency be reviewed and read really go into like being able to regulate my own reaction to it is one that's come up and something that I don't have to sit on my emotions as much, but sit on my research interpretations. I have to say, stop that and just go back to my coaching mindset hat. So, you know, I, I have a visual that's coming up for me around, did you have family circus cartoons in Canada? Yes, we did. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, and for those who might not be familiar, it's, there was a young child and he would always take all of these very like windy, windy routes between like point A and point B. And the comic was how funny and all the, you know, shenanigans that he got into. And that's coming up for me because I think, I think you do have to lean into, into intuition as a coach. Right. I think the the issue arises when you treat intuition as a linear pathway between point A and point B. Right. So to your point around research and like digging into that question, because I am going to I do choose a powerful question based on what I'm hearing. Right. I do mm-hmm. choose a powerful question based on um, what I'm getting from the client or what I think might help help unearth some things. Mm-hmm. But if they say oh, it's not like that. Or if the conversation goes in a different direction, I need to let it take that windy way, right? Mm-hmm. And not push back to a linear path. Because that's when I think you're you're getting dangerous with intuition in that space. Yeah. And, it, and this is being open to like, go back to that agenda and go, this is what we said we talk about. And we seem to be taking a tangent. That's cool. I just want to check in with you. Is that where... We, you'd like to go. And I I have done that a little bit more. Um, And the other side of that is, I think it's always around their experience and what they did in a situation or about an issue and um, getting them to reflect back. That reminds me of like bringing that client back into the center. So I, it wasn't about what he said, she said, because that's the context and the story or they said, and I, I think it's more around, well, what did you think about your reaction or, what does that look like now that it's already happened? And let's let's look back on that. Yeah, this is this one's a hard one to forget. If you leave your coaching hat at home and you come in with a client, uh, are there ways that? What ways do you check yourself before you wreck yourself in coaching, Julie? You know, when I started coaching, I really wanted to make sure that I was with clients that um, had similar experiences because it was a confidence thing for me. 
I, I was re- even though, even though all of our messaging is like, you know, you don't need to be an expert in the topic to coach it. I was like, I want the expertise. So I feel <laughs> confident, you know, and I have learned that like, actually it's much better. I think if I have some distance from what's going on. Right. So that is, I, I say, that's the way that I check myself is as I'm doing those intakes. If someone is, you know, if someone was like, I'm a new step parent and I can't, you know, juggle my time and kids and responsibilities and this and that, I'd be like, I'm with you and meet someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's this, it's the boundaries of knowing yourself. Someone's like, Oh, I really want to work with you. Cause you're like me. And I was like, actually working with clients that you have very little knowledge about their domain, their world of work, uh, what their life is, is actually refreshing because you don't need to know as a coach and it helps from you. Yeah. Not inserting yourself uh, into the context of things. Yeah. I love that example. Are you thinking about anything in your practice, uh, whether it's like how you start or how you finish about rituals, like um, that you're thinking to be more mindful about what ways could we do that for ourselves besides some time, some space? Like I'll give you my example. I've started to a little notes app, whether I hear it from a session I've said, or notes or a podcast or a book I'm reading because we're continuing this ongoing learning. I start putting in like, I have like a powerful question on my phone now that I just write them. I was like, Ooh, that was a great question. Uh, Just to mix it up. If I haven't heard it something in a new way. I was like, I really like how so-and-so said X. And so one of the questions I'll say um, an example specifically to give you context is I was listening to MBS, Michael Bungie Stainer's um, two pages podcast. He brings someone on to read two pages of a book and then they talk why it's important. One of the questions that was asked recently was um, how do you dance with ambition? That's a sexy question. I'm going to add that one in. (laughs) Yeah. And the other one I like that he always asks at the end of each episode is what needs to be said that's left to be said in this conversation. So that's what I do. I'm taking little note apps. So if you see me out in conversation with you and you've asked a good question, I might write it down. Jot it down. Jot it down. You know, I, um, I love playing with things in different environments. So I, I think that's what's coming up for me a lot now too, is I am always looking for, well, what does this do if I do it one-on-one? What does this do if I do it with a different type of client? You know, what happens if I do this with a group or, you know, in a non-coaching situation, what happens with this? Because I like to see just how things show up differently, whether that's a powerful question, whether it's an activity. Yeah, that's that's my experimentation right now. I love that playing in the coach sandbox. Uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So this is a really interesting topic that we could always talk more about. And maybe we should continue to talk without more coaches. Like what are you dear coaches doing to uh, think about your coaching mindset? Um, what ways are they showing up? I guess this one is also the one that we should leave people with resources. Cause essentially it's how are we developing and learning ongoing as a coach? What are you doing these days, Julie, to develop and learn? You know, I am selfishly practicing my coaching, uh, my powerful questions and my new job, right? So mm-hmm. I've been using this meeting a lot of folks and um, powerful questions have been a great way through my onboarding to help get some, like, what's the lay of the land, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've been in a real like practical application space of, of some skills. What about you? What are you reading? You're always reading something. What are you reading right now? I am usually always reading. Um, I, so as you know, I've, at work, I've been engrossed in like other projects. So like you have been applying powerful questions to a new way of working, um, not new job, but a new where we're transitioning roles and we're doing a lot more consulting. 
I am reading Michael Bungie's book, How to Begin, and it's around goal setting, and which is ironically paired with Kim Scott's Just Work, Get Shit Done, Fast and Fair. So I don't know. There's a tension between those two books. Um, but so those are the two kind of books that I'm reading. But I think more importantly, I'm testing out this drop-in mindset. I've got to, I've started coaching with a, a different client and they welcome in this whole company and corporation and they're shorter sessions. So they're 30 minute coaching sessions that I'm practicing. And it's um, been, I realized it's more and more important to like get ready before drop in they're quick and drop out and know that I have some buffers. So I am trying to like come in early, read through our last session notes, get them going um, ramp up into a coaching agenda and then have them leave. And then when I finish, I think about the questions a bit more. So I've been taking like, uh, I've been taking those questions, go, what did I ask them? And what should I ask them next? So I think I've been doing a little bit more reflection in those spaces as I practice. You know, I think it's a really good point. There's so much literature out there. And you talk about the tension between books that you're reading and <laughs> what I think is very real. And I, I feel like we're both kind of at this point. I mean, you've, you've have more hours than I do. You've worked with a wider base of clients. And I think we're both in this space of like, I have a lot of knowledge and now I want to play with it, right? Like, it's easy to say there's tension between two books, but like, what does that tension mean for me? And what do I want to do with that tension, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I would just call out, that's still learning. And so how are you pushing yourself to try new things? Learning doesn't have to be books. Learning doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, actual, you know, classroom stuff. That all matters. Yes. Yeah, it could, it could be like, I listen, I listen to podcast episodes, I show up to random webinars, I have conversations with people that are just doing different work that might really apply to coaching. And we've talked about this, whether it's as um, diversity, equity, inclusion lens, or it's in social justice areas that we're really passionate about. I also think about it in terms of like, how do I show up in community and spaces and places? And so I, I think the opportunity to practice coaching skills and things in different pockets of your life is really interesting. Um, whether it's like an organization you're part of, a community that you're cultivating or <laughs> new employees that you're doing meet and greet one-on-ones. I love that example, Julie. So I think it's knowing that like you're always going to be learning and just because you get certified in anything or you've got hours, like I don't think hours matter. I think you need to drop the, I'm an expert in, yeah, I can do this, but know that any good expert's always going to keep sharpening the tool. And like, you should still question like, how am I doing this? Am I doing this right? Uh, what could I be doing to improve? Um, and that that's a good sign of like, that's the, the lifelong learner in coaching. I think that's a really cool. I love that it's in this as engages in ongoing learning and development as a coach. So I love that that's part of this core competency. And it explicitly says that um, because it is really important that you're not done as a coach. You're still growing. Yeah. One plug I will put, if you do want ongoing um, learning development, once you sign up and you become a member, ICF doesn't pay us yet uh, to do this promo, you can join the learning portal. So I have done some continuing uh, credits and they've got workshops and webinars. You can get points. So once you get certified, you have to have uh, 40 CCEs, they're called credits, educational credits. Um, and you, they could be resource development. They can be in a core competency like this. Um, and they bring in different 
panels. They've got these interest communities of practice. They have so different communities of practice sponsors. So I've done one like the Great Resignation was one. I did one around career development. So you can pick and choose if you have a certain pocket or niche as a coach. Um, I found those really interesting. And there's like a little quiz at the end to make sure you've done it. So I've, I have enjoyed those a lot. Um, their ethics course is also in there, which is part of your leveling up. I know we talked last episode about ethics. And so I did that one recently and that was really good. Um, so that's something as a member and as a coach in this community, um, ICF, I really would recommend checking them out because they offer that. Um, and I think anything local to you is good. Like you and I both have organizations and, and communities that offer any sort of learning and training, whether it's like a listening session or an actual workshop, show up and you never know where uh, you could think about applying things to your own coaching practice. Yeah, no, I think that's a great call out. You know, it doesn't have to be um, use the resources that are in front of you. You know, like it, it use use what's available to you. Use what the community is putting there for you. Yeah, and yeah. if you like, if you like us as a resource, like and subscribe. <laughs> tell your friends. Give us a star rating wherever you get your podcast, and let us know what you're learning with and how you're putting reflection into your coaching mindset. I'm curious what other coaches do always, and. Yeah, share where you're soaking up knowledge and practice for how you're being a coach. I would love a, a video montage of 30 seconds before a coach starts a call. <laughs> like 25 different coaches. Like what's their last 30 seconds before a call, right? You know what? That, that, that's top of the hour for our next uh, coach coffee talk, I feel. So uh, I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. Julie, thanks for dropping in today. Oh, as always, Laura, thanks. Till next time. Let's be coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.